Good morning. Happy Mother's Day, and today is the fifth Sunday in Easter. He's alive, he's risen, alleluia. As I come to you over the, the internet here, I'm also outside doing um, a drive-in service at Fulmer. I invite you, if you'd like to next week or, or beyond the, for the rest of the month, to join us at the drive-in service at 9 o'clock every um, Sunday in May. We will um, do a variation of this service, but out in your car in the parking lot. So join us if you are able. How, regardless of how I am able to worship with you, I'm grateful to do so. In, today, we're our, for our online worship, we're doing things a little differently. I've invited some of the mothers of our parish to do the worship service in honor of Mother's Day. And you will notice that some of the ladies are wearing hats. And, um, that is because St. John's in recent years has made it a tradition to wear spring hats as a celebration, as a way of celebrating Mother's Day. Do you like my hat? It reminds me of my time in Texas, as you can imagine. And so, hook em horns and gig em. Um, I would like to thank this morning Miss Elizabeth Downey for providing us wonderful, beautiful music. And um, to uh, Ellen uh, McWilliams, Janine McWilliams, Bishop Barbara Collins, Lynn Painter, Truly Zimmerman, Lois Hoffman, Jody Cole, Gloria Bloss, Misty Harris, and Rachel Glasso for doing the various part of our, worships, our worship service today. A reminder that at 11 o'clock every Sunday morning doing our, um, you know, doing our outdoor and online service, you are invited to join us online uh, for a time of chat over Zoom. If you would like to, please connect us over our Facebook pages, and we will give you the, um, the, the contact info to join us. Otherwise, join, uh, you can find it in the daily mailings that I sent each, each week uh, to, to your email address, or if you don't have email, um, your home address. And so please look for the, um, for the uh, connection information online. During the quarantine time in May, we are also doing the quarantine Bible study on Thursday nights at 7. We invite you to join us to do so. Um, we are finishing up Paul's letters, uh, letter to the Romans. I invite you once again to get, that, to get the information via the mailers that I sent out either, either over email or through um, our, your mailbox. Um, if you would like to do so uh, and don't get that, again, connect with us on Facebook page. And then I also would like to take this opportunity to, to um, wish happy birthday wishes to uh, Wilbur Kiefer, Daphne Buck, and Ian Bond. I hope that this quarantine birthdays is so much more exciting than it ever has been. So let us now come together and worship our Lord.
grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. The word is near you, on your lips, and in your heart. If you confess with your lips that Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Faith comes from what is heard, and what is heard comes through the word of Christ. Let us pray. Almighty God, your Son, Jesus Christ, is the way, the truth, and the life. Give us grace to love one another, to follow in the way of his commandments, and to share his risen life with all the world. For he lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. A reading from the book of Acts of the Apostles, starting with chapter 7, verse 55. But filled with the Holy Spirit, Stephen gazed into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. Look, he said, I see the heavens opened and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. But they covered their ears and with a loud shout all rushed together against him. Then they dragged Stephen out of the city and began to stone him. And the witnesses laid their coats at the feet of the young man named Saul. While they were stoning Stephen, he prayed, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Then he knelt down and cried out in a loud voice, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. When he had said this, he died. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The reading is Psalm 31, verse 1 to 5, 15 to 16. In you, O Lord, have I taken refuge. Let me never be put to shame. Deliver me in your righteousness. Incline your ear to me. Make haste to deliver me. Be my strong rock, a castle to keep me safe. For you are my crag and my stronghold. For the sake of your name, lead me and guide me. Take me out of the net that they have secretly set for me. For you are my tower of strength. Into your hands I commend my spirit. For you have redeemed me, O Lord, God of truth. My times are in your hand. Rescue me from the hand of my enemies and from those who persecute me. Let your face shine upon your servant. Save me in your steadfast love. A reading from the first letter of Peter, chapter 2, starting at verse 2. Like newborn infants long for the pure spiritual milk, so that by it you may grow into salvation, if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is good. Come to the Lord, a living stone, though rejected by mortals, yet chosen and precious in God's sight. And like living stones, let yourselves be built into a spiritual house, to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For it stands in scripture, see, I am laying in Zion a stone, a cornerstone chosen and precious, and whoever believes in it will not be put to shame. To then, to you then who believe, it is precious. But for those who do not believe, the stone that the builders rejected has become the very head of the corner, and a stone that makes them stumble, and a rock that makes them fall. They stumble because they disobey the word, as they were destined to. But you're a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's own people in order that you may proclaim the mighty acts of one who called you out of darkness into the marvelous light of God. Once you were a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
The Holy Gospel according to St. John, chapter 14, starting at verse 1. Jesus said, Do not let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house there are many dwelling places. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again, and I will take you to myself, so that where I am, there you may be also. And you know the, the way to the place where I am going. Thomas said to Jesus, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you know me, you will know my Father also. From now on, you do know him and have seen my Father. Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father and we will be satisfied. Jesus said to him, Have I been with you all this time, Philip? And you still do not know me. Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own, but the Father who dwells in me does his works. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. But if you do not, then believe me because of the works themselves. Very truly I tell you, the one who believes in me will also do the works that I do, and in fact will do greater works than these, because I am going to my Father. I will do whatever you ask in my name, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If in my name you ask me for anything, I will do it. The Gospel of the Lord. Okay, so do you guys sometimes get frustrated talking to your parents? Sometimes, yeah. Do you sometimes feel like they don't understand what you're trying to say? Yeah, or maybe sometimes you don't quite understand what they're trying to say? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I know that happens. So, when you were asking me the question, I said, I don't know what that means. Right, yes, yes. Didn't, you didn't even understand the question I was asking, yes. Um, so... What Part of what happens in today's gospel is that Jesus and his disciples get frustrated with each other, too. And that happens a couple times, um, a good handful of times, really, when we um, see the whole, all the gospels and the life story of Jesus and, and, and his disciples that were following him. And he's trying to tell them stuff, and they're trying to ask him things, and they just don't always understand each other. Um, and, you know, when you grow up yourselves and... And are, you know, growing up in the church and following God and trying to find out what God is asking of you. And when you want to talk to God and ask things of God, sometimes it gets frustrating. And you don't know what you're trying to be, what's being told or asked of you. Or you don't feel like God is hearing what you're saying. Those things happen in life. And I know we've talked in church before about, you know, there are different ways to talk to God. There's praying. There's reading the Bible. Um, so I just wanted to remind you guys of that. You know, when you get frustrated and you feel like... Like, you're just not connecting. Just remember there are different ways. And God will always find a way to connect back with you. So, there's prayer. There's reading the Bible. There's talking to your pastor. There's talking to any other grown-up in the church. Um, or somebody that you feel like is close to God. All of those things you can do. And, and sometimes you can just go by yourself somewhere and just sit alone and be quiet and try to listen. Um, but if you come up with different ways, if you keep trying to talk to God, God will find a way to talk with you and things will become clear. Okay? Alrighty. Have I been with you all this time, Philip, and you still do not know me? This is the part of today's gospel text that always pops out at me. 
I have a fondness for the parts of the gospel where in which Jesus seems to get frustrated with his disciples. So many times they come and ask Jesus a question and you can almost feel his eyes rolling. So we're celebrating mothers today. The mothers who say, how many times have I told you? Or what did I just say? Really? Again? Or what about this do you not understand? That's usually how I hear Jesus talking to Philip. Especially here, because by the time Jesus talks to Philip, he's already been having this conversation for a while, and he's had some other questions from some other disciples, and uh, he's like a henpecked mother surrounded by little children. But it could have been different than what I imagine. Jesus could have been using more of a lighthearted tone, or it could have been said in true sadness or hurtful surprise, or it could have been said in a way that made Philip feel hurt. Or sad. Have I been with you all this time, Philip, and you still don't know me? I've met so many mothers in my work. I've met mothers of victims when I was a prosecutor, and now as a defender, I meet mothers of juveniles and adults who have broken the law. And universally, what hurts mothers most is when they had no idea anything was wrong until the cops came knocking on the door when they didn't know there was an addiction, when they didn't know there was abuse, when there were things years in the making that they never knew. And you can hear mothers ask one of two questions. Have I been with you all this time and you didn't know you could tell me? Or have I been with you all this time and I don't know you? And even when the discovery isn't something sad, but anything surprising, parents often feel hurt when they find out something about their children that they didn't know. On the other hand, of course, most children find it a delightful surprise when they learn something they didn't know about their parents. And you know how it goes. When you're really little, it never occurs to you that your parents have anything going on beyond what's happening in your life. And when you're a little older, you start to understand that your parents were alive before you, but it doesn't occur to you that they have done anything relevant or interesting. <laughs> but as you truly mature and grow up, you start interacting with your parents as whole human beings, and you become interested in getting to know them as people. Many of us grow in our relationship with God in, the in a parallel way, which is yet another reason why we cling to the image of God as father or mother, because it's an image we understand. With God, as with a parent, we start at a point where we're completely ignorant of anything outside of ourselves. And we grow to a point where we are aware that God has a fullness beyond anything we'll ever understand, and we always just want to know more and more. And with God, there is always more to know. This is a relationship that can always grow deeper and wider and include more, more feelings, more things, more people, more experiences, forever and ever. Which is exactly what Jesus is promising his followers in today's gospel, that we can follow him deeper and deeper into God's presence. This year, Jackson and I read through all of the Chronicles of Narnia. And at the end, the author, C.S. Lewis, describes what is basically heaven in the fictional world of Narnia. It's a place where you can run without getting tired, and you're always getting to somewhere more vivid 
and more beautiful. And the characters keep encouraging each other to go farther up and deeper in. It's a gorgeous way to describe the endless, deepening relationship God invites us into, which continues to grow even after our death from this world. But where is it that we go for real? Where do we go then? Thomas says, Lord, we don't know where you're going. How can we know the way? And Jesus replies, I am the way. Dr. Barbara Rossing tells a story about boarding a plane, standing behind a father with a very young child. And they had this routine they had worked out. The father would ask the girl, where are we going? And she would say, Grandma's house. And what Dr. Rossing noted in relation to today's gospel is that the girl doesn't say, we're going to Denver. The girl doesn't say, we're going to Colorado. She says, we're going to Grandma's house. Because it's the people that make a place significant. If you think of any place that's significant to you, I can pretty much guarantee that it's the people or a relationship that makes it significant. Places where you made friends, places where your family gathers, the place where you went on your honeymoon, destination, museums, galleries, and buildings connect us to the creators of the pieces and to the common human experience. And if you're thinking of a place that you went alone, it's probably significant because your meditations in that place led you to a deeper spiritual relationship with God or a revelation about your place as a person in God's creation. So when Jesus says, I am the way, I take that not as a, you must follow me or go to hell command. I take it in context. Because remember, this text started with Jesus saying, do not let your hearts be troubled. Where I am, there you may be also. When Jesus says, I am the way, it's an invitation to join him without being troubled about the destination, but always to be going farther up and deeper in.
In Christ, you have heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation. We believe in him and are marked with the seal of the promised Holy Spirit. Living together in trust and hope, we confess our faith. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Build yourselves up on your most holy pray faith. Pray in the Holy Spirit. Keep yourselves in the love of God. Look forward to the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ. If anyone is in Christ, there is a new creation. Everything old has passed away. Behold, everything has become new. God has given us the ministry of reconciliation. Therefore, let us be reconciled to God and to one another. Gracious God, have mercy on us. In your compassion, forgive us our sins, known and unknown, things done and left undone. Uphold us by your spirit so that we may live and serve you in newness of life to the honor and glory of your holy name through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Almighty God, have mercy on you. Forgive you all your sins through our Lord Jesus Christ. Strengthen you in all goodness, and by the power of the Holy Spirit, keep you in eternal life. Amen. Sisters and brothers, rejoice. Mend your ways, encourage one another, agree with one another, live in peace. The peace of the Lord be with you always, and also with you. Peace be with you. Let us pray. Merciful God, our ordinary gifts seem small for such a celebration but you make of them an abundance, just as you do with our lives. Feed us again at this table for service in your name, in the strength of the risen Christ. Amen. Uplifted by the promised hope of healing and resurrection, we join the people of God in all times and places in praying for the church, the world, and all who are in need. Build us up, Mother and God, as living stones united in your spiritual house, Continually strengthen your church as it is sent forth to proclaim your love. We pray especially for new congregations and for those in redevelopment. Humble us, Creator God, as part of your creation. Fill us with respect and awe for the world that you have made, including volcanoes, ocean currents, tropical rainstorms, glaciers, and other forces that both destroy and create. Align our ways to your love, O God. We pray for countries, leaders, and other organizations as they prepare places for those seeking refuge and safety, especially Lutheran Social Services, Lutheran Immigration Relief Services, and Lutheran Disaster Response along with the World Health Organization and the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. God of healing and rest, 
Help those whose hearts are heavy and weighed down by many troubles. Comfort their suffering, ease their distress, and carry their burdens. We especially pray for Eileen, Herman, Natalie, Rob, Barbara, Bruce, Holda, Ray, Roger, Wilbur, Linda, Randy, Bobby and Letha, Kay, Karen, Shirley, Edna, Thelma, Phyllis, Joanne, Carl, and Carol. Nurturing God. We pray for those who tend and teach young children, for the safe pregnancies of expectant parents, and for families who struggle with infertility and miscarriage. We give thanks for all who have shown mothering care, and we remember all for whom this day is difficult. Generous God, you call into your brilliant light all who have died. Give us faith to take hold of the promise of your eternal life. Now with bold confidence in your love, almighty God, we place all for whom we pray into your eternal care through Christ our Lord. Amen. Lord, remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. May the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ fill you with every spiritual blessing. May the God of faithfulness and encouragement grant you to live in harmony with one another in accordance with Christ Jesus. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go in peace. Proclaim the good news. Thanks be to God. When we all